25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, baby. We got football to talk about. You bet. Uh-huh, show is. <laughs> Welcome in. I'm Matt. This is the Farm Bureau Studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Here we go. It's Thursday. We're in Mr. Rogers' it's neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. neighborhood. A beautiful Sing day along, for everybody. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Mr. Roger. Would you be mine? Would you be my neighbor? Would you be mine? Would you be mine? And he's putting on a new pair of shoes. Man, what a great show. All Everything... Um, everything uh, Got it all under your thumb today, Roger? Everything? Oh, yeah. Every, everything is, as my dad used to say, copacetic. Copacetic. I think that means good. Okay. <laughs> I might have to look that up. Is that a real word? I've heard it before. Yeah. I, I, I suppose so. He yeah. surprised me sometimes with his vocabulary. Yep. Where's my... Um... You know, somebody was talking about Mr. Rogers the other day, and they were talking about, you know, he had... 700 confirmed kills in Vietnam. And, yeah. you know, it was like, no, really? No. Urban no, legend. Fake news, right. He may have had a tattoo under that sweater, though. Right. Every time we say a word like copacetic, I'm going to play the bell. I just love that bell. But now, um, so we did learn. Okay, Yes, urban legend. Mr. Rogers didn't have 700 confirmed kills and all that kind of stuff. But now, Bob. 800. 800. <laughs> 800. Eight hundred. It gets bigger and bigger every year, doesn't it? Right, right. But now Bob Ross did serve in the military. Hi, I'm Bob Ross, and for the next thirteen weeks, I'll be your host as we experience the joy of painting. <laughs> <laughs> he, we, we went through this the other day. I know, <clears throat> but again, Mr. Rogers didn't kill a bunch of people in, you know, the military. Bob Ross, however, the joy of painting, he was in the Air Force as like a drill sergeant for like 30 years or something. And he got into painting because he was tired of yelling at people. That was his getaway. Now, that is a true story. We have confirmed it with Wikipedia. (laughs) Is that an oxymoron? I've confirmed it on Wikipedia. (laughs) I don't know. Hey. While while you were doing that, I was confirming copacetic. It is mm. derived from a Hebrew word. Okay. And it means everything is in order. Okay. I, now I know what it means. Now we everything is in order. Yeah. Now we know. 
If you listen to this show regularly, you also know you can be a part of it. In fact, I, I would hope that you would be a part of it. So give me a shout. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone. It's wide open to you today on the show. I do have one guest who's going to pop up himself here on the Divinity Equipment phone coming up later. That'll be Will Salmon, who works for The Athletic, covers Florida, and he's been down at the SEC Spring Meetings uh, for the better part of the whole week, I guess. I think it's all wrapped up today, but we'll see if Will has a sunburn from the beach or if he was actually working while he was there, all that. But you can be on the show as well on uh, the Divinity Equipment phone. It's 601-995-1059. That's the number, 601 995 1059. Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson. They've got Red Max commercial zero turn mowers right now, 20% off. That's fleet pricing, by the way. Commercial units. Kawasaki engines that's starting at uh, right about, what is it? Just a little over 5000 5199 48 months, 0% interest. They've got that right now. At Divini. I'm going to give you some more deals uh, that Divini's got going on uh, coming up later in the show. So give me a shout. The phone number is 601-995-1059. You can also text the show. We got a bunch of texts yesterday as we were on location broadcasting at Frank's Chevrolet in Kosciuszko. Y'all can text me again today. It is 885-ESPN. Got it? 885 ESPN. That also is a 601 number, 885 3776. So feel free. Get it on in there. All right. Uh, let me give you a heads up. As I mentioned, Will Salmon, he covers Florida kind of on a daily basis for the athletic. You know, he used to be around here. He was the Mississippi State beat writer. Before that, he covered high school sports in the state of Mississippi for uh, the Clarion Ledger. But he's moved on up, 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 up. Now he's with the Athletic. He's in Gainesville. He kind of covered the whole thing, the whole ball of wax at SEC spring meetings um, this week. They're just wrapping those up. What that is is all the SEC coaches, football and basketball, men and women, all the coaches and all the ADs go to Destin, Florida, right after Memorial Day, the week after the SEC baseball tournament. Every year, and they get together and they play around on the beach, play beach volleyball, and all that can go out and eat seafood, and, you know. But they do have <laughs> real deal meetings. They go over things. Sometimes they need to vote on certain things. Um, it's a chance to get them all together in a good place where everybody's comfortable and see what everybody thinks about possible. You know, they they discuss potentially changing rules and regulations or things they should do and shouldn't do, and you know, there's all kinds of stuff goes on. Um, and they let a handful of media in there to cover it. You know, and it's one of those things like they don't necessarily exclude a lot of media. It's just that the most diehard media that are right up in their hip pocket all year long are the ones that yeah, every now and then they're going to go down there and cover that depending on the issues that come up. So it's pretty relaxed. It's a lot different than what you get, say, for the football guys at SEC Media Days in July, later this summer, where it's just, you know, they put suit and tie on them and really make them nervous. <laughs> Sit them up they'll, they'll there. Gotcha moment. Gotcha. Yeah, look, at the SEC Media Days, Roger, they're going to have it again in Hoover 
And it's either the second or third week of July. It used to be late July, but they've moved it up earlier every year, it seems like, trying to get ahead of the other conferences. But it, it's really – it's like a, everybody's there. Every media you know, outlet, anybody, you know, internet, radio, TV, everybody's there. They'll have this huge room full of like a hundred different media with lights and you know lava lamps and all this kind of stuff and blue lights bouncing off the ceiling. It's like going into a club. They, you know, it's like you go into this big conference as a keynote speaker. They really pub the conference, all the positive things. The coaches are answering questions that are not only in front of a hundred media people all at once typing away at you, and you're up at this big podium, but you're live on television at the same time. So yeah, I mean they really make them there. <laughs> So they tighten up. You get coach speak stuff for the most part. Saban goes in there every year at media days and just, you know, jerks people around. And on purpose, he'll get a rise out of somebody, you know, and spread a message that he wants to spread. But this is a much more relaxed deal. I'm talking literally you're going to have or did have this week coaches that will go in there, stand up on the podium in a small room in front of the media. They're wearing flip-flops. They just came off the beach, and they'll answer questions. So it's a much different deal. We'll talk with Will, kind of what the experience, what came out of that. What was it like when Will Wade, the basketball coach, the embattled basketball coach of LSU, spoke for the first time in months? All that's coming up. The countdown of 100 college football teams leading up to August 31st continues. Today it's number 93. With 93 days, 93 days from right now, we're going to tee it up and play football. So team number 93 on the countdown is going to happen on the show just a little bit later. And I hear me out here. Hear me. I am not going to replay the interviews we did with the baseball coaches already on the show this week. It's not going to be this full hit play. We sit back, listen to it again. That's not what it's going to be. But what I did is I went back and there were select little nuggets of information in the coaches' interviews that you might have heard over the last couple of days with all the baseball coaches in Mississippi, Chris Lamonis and Mike Bianco yesterday on the show, a couple of days ago, Scott Barry from Southern Miss after they won Conference USA, and now they're going to Baton Rouge. So I've, I've, I've picked out a couple of those things that we really need to make sure we hear them say it again, and let's drive the point home before they throw out first pitch in all these regionals they're playing in, and two of them hosting starting tomorrow. Um, and, and so I think you'll enjoy going back and hitting those high points again. I'm going to make sure that we uh, do it in a short amount of time. And so that'll be coming up. That There's your heads up. And again, text me 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Okay. Southeastern Conference Spring Meetings. It's basically over. They, they've got it all in now. ADs need to get back in place, teams hosting regionals, playing baseball on the road, all that kind of stuff this weekend. Several of them, coaches, ADs, popped up there on the podium next to Mr. Paul Feinbaum on his show, which you can hear around here, some of it, including Ross Bjork. Ross Bjork, this week, he goes to SEC spring meetings, as the Ole Miss Athletics Director, and about a day into it, he's now the Texas A&M Athletics Director. I haven't talked about it much because everybody else has, and I don't like to be the echo chamber. 
But here are some comments. You may not have heard this. Ross Bjork, the outgoing athletics director at Ole Miss, what he said to Paul Feinbaum, how it all went down. Here's Ross Bjork. Happened fast. You know, I was contacted uh, pretty much early last week and asked to have a meeting. And then uh, by Thursday night, you know, the news broke. And here we are uh, wearing the neutral uh, yeah. white uh, here in Destin. I, I would I would think you probably had to stop off at uh, at a store to buy a bunch of white because <laughs> uh, the, the red and blue and yeah. uh, yeah, the colors aren't set the same. But you don't want to be caught uh, in the wrong color. No, no, and you know I'm still on the Ole Miss uh, payroll oh, okay. this week, uh, so there is a transition where I'm helping Ole Miss, but also uh, you know join Aggieland you know with a press conference on Monday and then start on July the eighth. So he went to SEC spring meetings this week on the Ole Miss payroll. But the new A&M athletic director, and so he wore a neutral color for his interview uh, on the Paul Feinbaum show. Isn't that odd? <laughs> Isn't it just odd? It looks a little silly if you're not inside the game. You know. I, I know. I mean, it really does. One more quote from Bjork on the interview about how it all went down. Well, you know, I think anytime you have, you know, one of these uh, jobs in the Power Five conference, you know, you're you want to be stable, and so we were stable at Ole Miss despite all the challenges that sure. we had. You know, I, I I believe I could have been there for a long time. We loved it there, but you get contacted by a, a top five athletic program with all the resources that Texas A&M has. You know, it's a no-brainer. You have to listen, and so once I had that meeting with uh, President Young, uh, which again happened fast, contacted, are you interested in a meeting? had the meeting on Wednesday, and by Thursday afternoon, you know, we had everything in place. And so it was a very fast process. President Young led the entire search. There was no search firm involved, which I think made it just a lot smoother and maybe a little more efficient. All right, so um, everybody knows it by now. Keith Carter, the former uh, basketball player at Ole Miss, is the interim AD. Actually spoke and talked to Keith very briefly at the SEC baseball tournament this past week. Uh, it was during one of the Ole Miss games early in the week. It might have been during that first day when they were playing Missouri. Uh, I went down after the show to sit down and meet my dad. I sat down next to him, and he was sitting right in front of Keith and and uh, somebody else from Ole Miss right there kind of behind home plate. So I spoke to Keith a minute. At that time, I had no idea. Ross was out, and he was in, and all that kind of stuff. But I think Keith, he's done a great job for them from a fundraising standpoint recent years. And uh, so it's a good choice for them. It's just weird. I mean, you know, Ross, he, you know, he talks about how stable it was, and we were stable. But then he talks about how fast it, of a decision it was. When you want to have a meeting. Okay, how fast can we work this out? <laughs> but it is what it is, moving on. So that's one of the things that came out of it. Here's another thing that came out of spring meetings that um, resonated with me. What, I'm going to ask you, what do you think – about this, the Georgia versus Florida game always happening in Jacksonville. It's called the, you know, the, what is it, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And they, they changed that in recent years, you know, the whole alcohol connotation for an SEC game, all this. But anyway, at an, at an NFL stadium in Jacksonville, it's been that way for years, the Gator Bowl. And that's this neutral site deal. It's been that way for years. Y'all know it. I know it. And, the other side of that is, though, that because it's not a home game for either school, neither school gets to have recruits rolled up in there and on the sideline for pregame warmups the way you would for a home game. And so the people at Georgia 
particularly. And and they're vocal about it, including head coach Kirby Smart this week. The, The people at Georgia are laying down the hints that when this contract is up in 2021, right now they are under contract to play that game, Georgia, Florida, in Jacksonville through the 2021 season. But after that, Georgia, you can tell, they don't want it anymore. They want it to go home and home, so at least every other year, it's a game they can host at home in their stadium in Athens and have 100 recruits in there. Because right now, that's one less day that they get recruits on campus for a home game every other year. Listen to what Kirby Smart said about it on the Paul Feinbaum Show. Nothing's been decided. There's no decision being, being made. It's just something that we always are thinking about. When you look at recruiting now, the model they have is that December's an early signing date. So the official visits have become really, really important. And our official visits are happening in June. we got official visits happening in the season. And we lose a really big opportunity to have official visits come to our campus. So it's a tough uh, pill to swallow. So we're always looking and thinking about what we can do in the future to give ourselves the best advantage. And the other SEC teams don't have that. They have the home games they have to be able to recruit to. So it's something we think about, but nothing's been uh, nothing's been decided. And I mean, if uh, obviously there's a, there's a contract and you have to yeah. play it out. But uh, for Georgia, it's in Florida. You can argue, you know, what kind of town Jacksonville is in yeah. is. But let's let's move to the next one. Look. That's Kirby Smart saying, nothing has been decided yet, but look, none of the other SEC schools have to deal with this. Okay, he was at Alabama. The defensive coordinator at Alabama for a lot of years. And the Auburn-Alabama game, the Iron Bowl, biggest rivalry game right at the end of the year, it's on campus now. For years it was not. I don't know if you remember that. But, you know, here in the state of Mississippi, we're all familiar with the Egg Bowl all those years. State and Ole Miss, all those years playing in Jackson. And then they move it to campus in, what, 91? You know, and frankly, the the series, the, the record on that thing really started to even out. Actually, in Mississippi State's favor, when the game got away from playing in Jackson every year, and they moved it to campus every year. And what you have is, sure, every other year it's – you got to go to the other guy, the other team's place, but when it's at your place, all the recruits and all the recruiting advantages of a home game, you got it right up under your nose. You get that advantage. Well, for a lot of the same reasons, way back when Alabama Auburn they did away with playing the Iron Bowl in the Iron City, <laughs> which it was originally named for, Birmingham Legion Field. They played it there all those years. Well. Around about 85, 86, they're like, nope, and they started moving it to campus, and every other year they, you know, back and forth, and it's been better ever since. And so now Georgia-Florida, the last holdout of neutral site big rivalry game, it just seems like it's going away. Now, Kirby Smart, he's on, you know, national TV talking about this. He's tiptoeing around it because he didn't want to make the people in Jacksonville, you know, completely angry at him. Well, you know, I think anytime you have you know, one. one of these uh, Hold jobs on, time in the power. It's wrong. Here it is. Uh, it's a very unique experience. I love the where the game's played. I love everything about it. The city of Jackson has been great to us. I, I do think that we have to look at it from a 10,000 feet above and right. say, what is best for the long term of our program? Because 
mainly because of recruiting because we lose that weekend. If you took LSU-Alabama game and said you can't have any recruits LSU-Alabama, how would they feel about right. that? That exactly. was one of the biggest recruiting events we had. Well, sure. that's one of our biggest games, the Georgia-Florida game, and it's, it's something that we have to think about. Yeah, so, Roger, did you notice that? Like, the first thing is, oh, we love Jacksonville. It's been great. The city's been great to us. But. <laughs> Somebody else said something about that in the clip you played here a few minutes ago. Yeah. Love yeah, it's been. stayed there a long time. Oh, it's great. We were solid. But, yeah, I bolted as soon as they called me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be there tomorrow, but I can be there the day after. Right. Hold on. Let me check the flights. Jacksonville's been great to us. Uh, it's a very unique experience. I love the, where the game's played. I love everything about it. The city of Jacksonville's been great to us. I, I do think that we have to look at it from a 10,000 feet above. Boy, I tell you what, what a great answer. I love where the game is, but we really want to play it at our place. He's not, that, he's not getting it very high. You know, normally it's a 30,000 feet view. He's only <laughs> Maybe he needs to take it up a little bit. Hey, here's my favorite. It's a very unique experience. <laughs> I love it. Gator Nation on the text line. What up, Gator Nation? Chomp, chomp. Gator Nation says, Georgia cries about everything. He feels the Gators coming, crying about a neutral site game. Smart, just go coach at Georgia State. Signed, <laughs> Gator Nation. I love it when SEC fans bow up on a text message. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And it's May the 30th. I love it, Gator Nation. I want more of that. What do the kids say? Shoot that in my veins. That's a little strong. Don't do that. You're getting off the rails here. Don't shoot anything in your veins. But that is what they say, Roger. <laughs> There's a train running off the track. (laughs) We'll get it back in the short rows. Stick around. What up? That's what they say. The Georgia Bulldogs are tired, sick and tired of playing this neutral site game. They want to host Florida every other year. That's what they. That's the way I take it anyway. That's the way I take it. How do you feel? Gator Nation says, Georgia cries about everything. <laughs> yeah. First radio show I ever did uh, in the afternoon. This is 10, 12 years ago. I don't even know. Whatever it was. We, we used to have a lot of fun on the phone line. We did Trash Talk Tuesdays. We had the whole alliteration thing going on with the three T's. Trash Talk Tuesday. <laughs> it got wild. And, and I'll have you know that Gator Greg was one of the original combatants in Trash Talk Tuesday way back then. He sure Bring was. It back. It's a great idea. How about Trash Talk Friday before the game? Yeah, but I like the T. Yeah. You know, because what I found is that it made sense because what would happen is about the time you got to Tuesday during the season of the college football season, Roger, people would mm-hmm. they were Tuesday's the day they're a little bored, honestly. 
because they played on Saturday. They reacted in Sunday school on Sunday and then on Monday on the radio. And on Tuesday, they were kind of in between because they don't really start looking ahead of the next weekend until about Wednesday. So Tuesday was perfect because then we just get them all riled up. We just stir the pot (laughs) on Tuesdays. So we might bring all that back. Right now, bringing back the Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. They also have Red Max. Listen to this. Right now, today and tomorrow. Listen up today and tomorrow at Divinity and Madison and Divinity and Jackson. Look them up online, DiviniEquipment.com. You'll see the address. Red Max residential mowers starting at $28.99. You buy it, you're going to get a free commercial backpack blower. It's a almost a $400 value. You will get the blower thrown in free when you go today or tomorrow and go home with one of the residential mowers starting at $28.99. That, boys and girls, is a deal. All right, here we go to the phone. Bradley hanging on in Clinton today. What's up, Brad? Not much, Matt. I was just wondering what your uh, thoughts were about the potential uh, lineup for the Star Wars Regional. I yeah. think, uh, personally, myself, they should put uh, JT again in there first and then Small and then Plumley. Mm-hmm. Just you have JT, who's also a freshman, and he needs that extra time to sit there and recuperate for Supers. Bradley, um, you're bringing I, up something that I didn't really think about it earlier uh, this week because it's like automatically everybody went to Plumley, right? They go, everybody, myself included, we went, well, if you don't start Ethan Small and you hold him to Saturday, they're obviously going to start Peyton Plumley, the senior. We don't even we didn't even discuss the possibility that they might throw JT again. And if you paid Bradley yesterday when Chris Lamonis was on this show, he said mm-hmm. he said when I in my other teams we always would throw our number one. He goes, but we're in a unique situation here because we feel like we have two number ones. Well, right. That honestly, I don't think he's describing Peyton. Peyton Plumley. I think when he says we have two number ones, I think he's talking about Ethan Small and JT Ginn. I think so as well, and Plumley also has the experience and can sit there and reel in the wind for Sunday when we need him to. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, that just makes the most sense. Because one, like I said earlier, JT needs to, it'd be good for us to go ahead and throw him out there. That way he has, what, seven, eight days before uh, he goes back out again for right. a super regional start. Right. And he needs extra time. Why not? And why not? And here's the other thing, Bradley, that I didn't think about in this whole conversation, too. We talked about righties and lefties, and he said that that is a significant part of the scouting report is how many right-handers and left-handed hitters do they have in that lineup? Which matchup favors you? And and who have they hit better throughout the year? Because that's an offensive team they're going to play tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. I, I haven't even looked at it, but I'd be willing to bet that a majority of their lineup are right-handed hitters, you know? And right. I think you and I are talking ourselves into they might ought to put JT Ginn on the mound for this this opener tomorrow. I think that would be the smart play, yeah. honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm starting to feel that way too, honestly. 
And and I didn't feel that way at the beginning of the week because I'm just like, you you have to win the first game to heck with the rest of it. Um, but the regional is such a different, you know, it's not a three game series. It could be, but you can't count on it to be. You know, so it's a really good point though. I appreciate you bringing it up because I think I think you may be on to something. Yeah, I was also feeling the same way earlier in the week, and then I sat there and really thought about it, and I'm like, well. You know, JT being a freshman, yeah. you know, freshmen need a little longer to recuperate. Mm-hmm. It just make more sense, and he's been a good starter for us all year round. Yep. Why not stick with the same lineup we we normally use? Right. You right. know, and it gives him the extra day of rest, which he'll need. Right. You know. And if they have right-handed hitters, um, his breaking stuff and the way the ball moves, you know, maybe he can keep them off balance. So we'll find out soon enough. We probably won't find out until what. First thing in the morning, maybe? Something like that. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Hey, Bradley, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate you listening. Uh, no problem. Anytime, Matt. All right. Thank you. That's Bradley and Clinton there on the Divinity Equipment phone. Next up, from Parts Unknown, Mountain Dog. What's up? What What's happening, brother? Not much. So I have, this is non-sports related at all, but it is hilarious. So I'm driving up 45 between Tupelo and Corinth, uh-huh. and there's a water tower. I'm sure you probably have seen it in Guntown. Uh-huh. It has two revolvers painted <laughs> yeah. on the water tower. So I took a picture of it, and I sent it to a friend of mine in California and said, this is how we roll in Mississippi. We even paint guns. On water towers. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, I, you know, anybody that has driven that stretch of road knows exactly what you're talking about because it gets your attention. You just don't you don't see that. You know? Giant revolvers. You know, and if you, you go a, a California little... town named Guntown. <laughs> yeah, Guntown. Yeah, how fast would they vote to change the name, Roger, in California? Hey, split. Hey, and y'all know this. Just north of there. Uh, where you're talking about as you head a little further north on Highway 45. There's a little community called Gaston. And, yep. you know, a lot of people would refer to it as Gastown, G-A-S, but it's T-O-N. And it was always right. funny because right there as you get into Gaston, there was a little cafe, and it was called the Windy City Cafe. <laughs> True story. <laughs> right there. You know, uh, you know, in Guntown, Mississippi, they're very proud. Mm-hmm. Of their guns, no so, doubt. Anyway, I love sending it to my friends that live in California, and New York, and <laughs> Illinois. Yeah, <laughs> well, and look, you know, I, you could always pass it off as historical too, because with Bryce's Crossroads and the Civil War history that's right there underneath that water tower, you know, I mean, there's there's a little gun history in there also. That's uh, for right, sure. man. For sure. That's All right. right. We love we love our guns, baby. Appreciate the call, Mountain Dog. Thank you. <laughs> we do love bringing it. back memories there. Yeah, One I know. Of my grandfather up there to the trading post. There's a unique smell in there: leather, gunpowder, mm-hmm. seed. Hey, buddy, <laughs> it's throwback now. It's throwback. You want to go back in time? Go spend a week in Prentice and Alcorn counties. Wind that clock back a little ways. Might, might want to stay. Never know. Like Mayberry. All right. More to come. What did Joe Moorhead say with Feinbaum? I'll tell you that coming up next. Stick around.
You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Breaking news. John Calipari's son, Brad Calipari, has entered the transfer portal. (laughs) Yes, John Calipari, the coach at Kentucky, has a son on the team, and his son is transferring. You can't get playing time with Dad. Who can you get playing time with, huh? That is peak... Transfer portal right there. Who mm. came up with the name of that thing? I don't know. I expected him stepping up on that thing on Star Trek where they beam out. Yeah, right. It, it's the, the, the person that came up with that is the same person that came up with the idea that, hey, look, we're going to get about 10 NCAA enforcement officers and we're going to police all of college athletics with those 10 people. That'll work. That's plenty. <laughs> Why have more when we could have less? Well, that'll, that'll work. The same people. Mueller, Mueller's free now. If they want to hire some more folks. Uh, I didn't. He's yeah. He's free. Yeah. That's as political as I'm getting. I'm leaving it there for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, let's see. You want to call Divinity Equipment phone nine nine five one zero five nine. Same way Mountain Dog did and Bradley. And of course the text line is. Up and running, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. So uh, send a text that way. Back over to what they said. First up, Joe Moorhead, Mississippi State football coach at SEC Spring Meetings on the SEC Network within the last 24 hours or so. Here's what he said about the quarterback position and a new face, Tommy Stevens, coming in there to compete for the job. You get the opportunity to upgrade the talent on your roster, uh, either through recruiting or through the portal. You want to take advantage of those opportunities. And, uh, you know, when Tommy jumped in there and his familiarity with our offense and, you know, knowing me and, you know, certainly, uh, you know, most people consider the most important position on the field. He's looking for the opportunity to come in, compete with KT and the other guys. And, uh, you know, excited to get him here for the summer. Uh, for those of us who, I mean, we, we may have seen a little bit of him, how would you how would you describe him? And, and, and do you think? Uh, he obviously knows the system, as you said, but uh, what should we expect when we see him? Yeah, he's, he's got excellent size, you know, 6'4", 6'5", in the 230-pound range. Uh, you know, in his time at Penn State, right around a 60% passer, so he is a thrower who can run, uh, not a runner who can throw. Uh, was you know, right around eight yards carry, if I'm not mistaken, and, you know, my two years there, we used him in a variety of capacities, quarterback, you know, got him the ball in handoffs, you know, I think caught a touchdown pass or two, so, uh, you know, multi-skilled athlete, but, but most importantly, he uh, you know, he can really throw the football. He can really throw the football. He's a thrower who can run. Uh, they use him in a lot of different ways. He's 6'5", 230. And so it ramps up the competition. That's Joe Moorhead within the last couple of days. Um, Roger, I thought I'd make sure you were aware of this. This is funny. He has lost uh, 50 pounds since last season. Did you know that? Wow, is that how much the Egg Bowl trophy weighs? <laughs> well, he got the trophy. 
I'm just kidding, man. I think he <laughs> lost it somewhere, man. That's good on him, man. It really does take a lot of effort. Doesn't it? Yeah. So apparently they asked him about it yesterday, and Dennis Dodd of CBS put this on Twitter, said Joe Moorhead on his intermittent diet. Okay, you've heard about this inter- intermittent diet where people lay fast for huge parts of the day every day. It's resulted in a 50-pound loss. He goes, how does he get to 6 p.m. each day without eating, quote, water and hope? <laughs> Maybe kind of backwards to load up at night before you go lay down. You would think so. Hey, but they can argue with success. Uh, he's lost 50 pounds by not eating, not eating anything until 6 p.m., until after 6 p.m. Inter- my- it's hard to say. Intermittent diet. It's worked, so he's lost 50, but he said he's he gets to 6 p.m. every day with water and hope. I thought, number one, I'm about to launch a football-only podcast, and we're going to call it Water and Hope. <laughs> or it'd be a great name for a lawn service, wouldn't it? <laughs> or a seed company. You know, any kind of seed you got. No. Call us where our philosophy is water and hope. <laughs> Maybe he can uh, clue old Chris in on that deal. <laughs> yeah, and let's yeah let's throw some the baseball coach. I mean, I don't... right? Yeah, Lamonis. Let's see, Fluffy Bottoms. What did he say right here? He said he doesn't eat from six a.m. until six p.m. three days a week. Talking about Fluffy Bottoms didn't do it. He doesn't do it for weight loss, but for metabolism. Does it work? I'm going to just say that if your bottom is fluffy, it may not be working. Fluffy bottoms. I'm sorry. Dad coming. I had to. I had to. All right. Moving along. As promised, I wanted you to hear this. We're going to get around. as fluffy as he used to be. You never know. (laughs) Not as fluffy as he used to be. We can can all hope. You know, ain't what she used to be. (laughs) Ain't as fluffy as she used to be. Oh, all right, Um, as promised. We're going to get around to all three. This week, all three head baseball coaches in the state of Mississippi were on this show. All three uh, dropped some good stuff on you. I've reached in there and kind of batted away the excess. Um, So the interview is not as fluffy as it was originally. But some of the high points for you. Let's take a look back first at Scott Berry, head baseball coach Southern Miss. They won the Conference USA tournament. That got them in the tournament, and now they go to LSU and play tomorrow. At about this time, they'll be going through warm-ups tomorrow. Here's a look back at the interview with Scott Berry. You know, for whatever reason, the last three weekends in our season, regular season, we didn't play well. You know, we lost those all three of those series and two of those being at home, Matt. And, uh, mm-hmm. then we, uh, then we kind of turned the hourglass over, let the fans start dropping for another life in the conference tournament. And, uh, you know, here we are four game win streak, a conference championship tournament title and, uh, on our way to Baton Rouge. Just like I asked you one time about, you know, coming from behind or, you know, winning that early series in the season to kind of kickstart the chemistry. What about winning a conference tournament? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, to me, that that, that makes the the, uh, the perfect ingredients for what we were trying to do. I mean, that was the ultimate goal, obviously. And, uh, you know, what I saw this, this conference tournament is I saw a lot of different faces contribute 
in these wins that hadn't played a big part on the field up to that point, uh, had, had played sparingly, but then had been called upon and had been given the opportunity and they cashed in, which, you know, tells me they were, they were ready to contribute. They weren't sulking on the, on the bench because they weren't playing. And, you know, and that's what we have to have as, as any team is, is everybody playing for, for one. All right, so there's a little bit of Scott Perry right there. He had guys who stepped up in the postseason who weren't necessarily as counted on in the regular season, and it's because they weren't sitting on the end of the bench pouting about playing time. Imagine that. They were ready to go when the team needed them. That's what winning teams have. Losing teams have guys sitting on the end of the bench pouting, sulking about playing time. Let that sink in. That's a lesson for anybody. And as a result, Southern Miss baseball, who they have a first-round pick. Matt Warner, he's hit 21 home runs. But they were out of the tournament. They were not going to be selected in the the NCAA tournament. That's the thought. And they went and won their conference tournament and gave them no choice. And now they get a chance to play in Baton Rouge. That's what it's all about. Back to the text line. 885 ESPN. Fluffy Bottom says he's 43. We always assume that this is a he. Do we know it's a he or a she? I'll just read it. It says, I'm 43, 6 feet, 180. Fasting has really helped with my cravings. Started a year ago, I weighed 225. It says, Fluffy Bottoms has little to do with my weight. (laughs) Perfect. Y'all, y'all are actually starting to make me think about this whole intermittent diet. Ellen tweeted me on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt, and says, uh, I have been intermittent fasting for over four years. It's not a diet, but a way of life. And she says, life-changing for me. So Fluffy Bottoms has lost 45 pounds in one year. Ellen says it's not a diet but a way of life, and it's been life-changing. And Joe Moorhead doesn't eat a bite until 6 p.m. or later, and he's lost 50 pounds. Maybe there's something to this. I'm thinking about trying it. Is it as simple as every day you just don't cram food into your mouth until 6 p.m.? See, I knew that there would be an expert, somebody who's done it, that would uh, call in. Fluffy Bottoms texts again and says, Always consult a doctor before any dietary changes. Fasting can be drastic and you need to eat the right things when coming off fast. See, gum, it's always got to be complicated. You mean McDonald's or what? A salad. <laughs> And a hamburger. Eat the right things when you're coming off the fast. Like like you're just saying, like, don't come out of your fast and eat eight Snicker bars and three Diet Cokes, right? That's what you're saying. <laughs> uh, music's playing, so if Chicken Hawk can hang on, we'll get to him. And then right after that, we'll get uh, Will Salmon from The Athletic on the Divinity Equipment phone. That's all coming up in Hour 2. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.